When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on our show, we have Mr. Darren Vargas. Hi, Darren. Woo! Hey everyone. How you guys doing? Um, I'm excited to chat with you. I'm I love your work. I will say that right now. Uh, big fan. <laughs> but before we get into all that stuff, do you mind giving our listeners an introduction on who you are and how you got into photography? Yeah, not at all. So my name is Darren. I am uh, a freelance photographer here in Los Angeles. I got into photography through my mother. Actually, um, she came over from from Mexico from '90 specifically when she was 14 to the states. Wow! And uh, she was in you know she was in She's very poor, so she had um, cameras and stuff always around her documenting her experience. And that was just the only source of creativity that she could really afford. And so, um, you know, just growing up and, and being in the house, there was always some sort of camera near me or something I could record it with. Um, that's kind of how I stumbled upon it. And um, I think in high school, I had my first real camera, which was, uh, I think it was like a Canon 35 millimeter something or other. I can't even remember what the body was, but it was, <laughs> it was a film camera. And so I was just kind of taking the time to record my experience as well and kind of taking after her in that respect. And um, yeah, that's how I got into it, I guess. Yeah. Did you go to school for photography at all, or are you all just kind of like self-taught? Yeah, so I um, actually went to school for graphic design. Uh, I graduated with BFA in print design from Fresno State, and um, photography was just always one of those secondary things that I was interested in. And I realized that I really didn't like the dynamics of being a graphic designer in a, in a commercial mm-hmm. space or in a private studio space. It wasn't wasn't what I was really interested in after I got my degree in it. <laughs> sure, but, um, yeah. That'll, don't you hate when I, that happens? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I started going more towards photography. I worked at, a, at, a, at an agency here in LA for almost five years as an in-house photographer for lifestyle and product photography. And then um, in June, uh, I wasn't there anymore. And I decided last year in June, I decided that I kind of wanted to stick to it and try to do freelance. I kind of saw a gap in... And I think a lot of people see the gap, but photography, commercial photography, and the creative industry as a whole is is pretty like white male dominated. Sure. So um, for me, it was it was a, it was a good opportunity to see like if I could fill that gap and and work with others on set that were that were not just white people or, or you know try to bring in some brown love into into that uh, <laughs> atmosphere. And um, you know, I have a two year old daughter as well. And, you know, her mom is also 
is also Mexican. So for me, it was like, um, if I can at least show her that being brown is not a weakness and becoming, you know, somebody in the industry or, or work or whatever your definition of success is, finding that, you know, being anything other than white is, is not a weakness. So at least I have that part. I mean, her being a, a woman as well. And I mean, yeah, Chris, you know this as well. You know, being a woman, it's very hard to get into the industry. Yeah. And so at least, you know, for who she is, the color of her skin, you know, I can set an example in that way. And, mm. and um, yeah, so. That's so wonderful. And honestly, like, it's inspiring just, I mean, not only to your daughter, to, to people, your coworkers, anybody to, you know, realize that there's space for everybody and there should be space for everybody. Yeah, 100%. You know, so <laughs> I don't want to like break the fourth wall or anything, but we chatted before already. <laughs> we had some technical <laughs> yeah. difficulty last week as yeah, we tried to record yeah. this. Um, and I wanted to just touch on something that resonated with me we were talking about last time this organically is we're going to get to this conversation but we're talking about shooting film and like slowing down do you remember what shoot you were you had that you were being really intentional with yeah so i guess to preface that was uh i do everything on i try to do everything on film i think the commercial stuff i do it's obviously digital. Like it's, it's usually what the client wants or how fast they need it. But for the most part, like any of my personal projects or anything that I get hired for that is like, Oh, we, you know, if they reference something on my website or Instagram, then they're hiring me because I shoot film or because they like that look or whatever it is. And so, um, most of my shoots, I think early on I had a, a shoot with the Paleo twins. Yeah. They're, Brothers here in LA, incredible, incredible brothers, super nice, the sweetest, sweetest boys. I, I got linked up with them through their through their manager, uh, Ricky Direct at Ricky Directs. Shout out, uh, and we did like a Calvin Klein campaign that was yeah. put on their Instagram or whatever. And um, I think I enjoy film because it gives me that time in between each frame to really think about what I'm doing, but also to communicate with the subject. Mm. And I think that's far more important than just getting the shot. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, you're getting hired to get that shot, right? But it's it's just as important to connect with whoever you're you're photographing on a deeper level, or at least at least underneath the surface level, because that's the way only real work is made. Yeah. And so, with film, as cliche as it sounds, and as like everybody says it, it's it's often said because it's very true you get that space and you get the leeway to create conversation. And even if that conversation is struck by like the camera that you're using or or, like the people, the fact that people are like happy or excited that you're shooting film or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's far more important to remember that the communication part, what you're trying to make with them is it needs to be just as genuine yeah so we were, we had ryan fluger on too and he he doesn't even have an assistant like he he will just change the film out of his camera like during a shoot and like talk i was like yeah. that blew my mind because i was like what like especially you know on like he shoots celebrities and I, i've been on sets where it's like you only have this amount of time with celebrities like mm-hmm. you don't get mm-hmm. the time so to be that intentional, like, okay, yeah, let's chat while I change my film. Like, that's crazy. 
But I had a shoot recently. It was even with a friend of mine. And I think the last time we talked, I hadn't got my scans back. But I I picked up the digital because it was almost like a like a safety. Like I could show them. I could show her like, look, we're getting it. See, we're getting it. And like I I knew I was getting it. And then she knew. So it wasn't like when you shoot film, it's like, okay, we're shooting it. We're shooting it. But they don't, you know, you don't really know like if it's coming out. And I have since got my scans back. And I sent them to you, Timothy. And was like, Mm -hmm. why did I even shoot digital? Because I was literally editing the digital yep. and i was like i don't really yep. these aren't really doing it for me i'm not really pumped on them and then i got the scans back and was like blown away yeah. and i'm yeah. like mad at myself that especially because we had no we, d- we didn't have this conversation yet but last week it resonated with me that like you can't especially as a friend who's like leaving the country i could we should have just been you know, connected been yeah. connected yeah. yeah yeah but i, th- I just yeah. th- that like sparked me last week when we talked and i just think it's like the more people say it i think i just got to remember like yeah like it's you're going to get the shot. Chill. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think like the slowing down part's really important. And it, it, my buddy of mine, uh, his name's Saul Barrera, and he's going to the art center right now. He's studying photography over there. But wow, he cool. shoots a lot of four by five. And um, he had posted a photo at a barber shop, and he kind of told me the process behind that one photo. And, you know, he's just casually talking to this, to the owner of the barbershop and, you know, casually pulling out the four by five and setting up and still like having a conversation yeah. and making it feel as organic and natural as possible. And, you know, he takes like two shots and then that's it. And then I, mm-hmm. I'm also one of those mm-hmm. photographers that I don't really, I don't want to show the subject any of the photos. I'm not yeah. interested in that. Yeah. I, I, I want to be there really. I want to be yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested in sharing anything with yeah. them. And I think like, I also want to be like, you know, maybe one at one day I'll get to this point, but I want like when people bring me on for jobs or hire me or whatever, I want them to know like Darren's not going to show us anything. So don't, yeah, yeah. don't ask for anything, yeah. but he's not showing us because or A, he can't because it's fun, but right. B, we don't have to worry about, we don't have to worry about him. He's going right. to, he's going to get the shots. He's, he knows what he's doing. And I think like when you get to that level too, it's like people will hire you and just be excited that like, okay, we have someone that knows what they're talking about and how they're yeah. doing it. And, but with that being said, having a team as well, oh, yeah. good, somebody that knows how to do lighting correctly and, and someone that knows how to how to load film or, or yeah. whatever, the, you know, the assistance you have them do, that's just as important. Totally. And um, I've kind of figured that out in the last six months of doing this it's like you gotta have the right people by your side and uh, i'm sitting here and now i just keep thinking about you know the back of the camera or shooting tethered or just that whole you know bag that comes with shooting digitally and shooting like that i mean there's got to be so much something i can't think of what the word is that i'm thinking of but there's got to be some like baggage or something that comes along with shooting that way that takes you out of the moment you know like kind of how we're talking you know because one especially like having to show somebody your raw unedited photo Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff is there any way that you can shoot with the back screen off or not tethered to a computer where things are popping up where people are seeing it i mean can you can you make it more like film when you do these jobs or are they just that way where you have to be showing people as they come out of the camera and stuff like that it It depends on the job probably right yeah, it depends. Like, um, 
I I also have this studio called Poppy Studios, and that's where I do like my digitecking and retouching stuff. Like on a big commercial shoot, yeah, like a company will spend so much money on a single shoot, right? You know, you're yeah. talking about like talent, wardrobe, hair, makeup artists, set design, crafty, all these like all yeah, these elements yeah, yeah. that go to it. So it's like it's really important to have your camera tethered to a computer. So you have monitors or iPads or whatever. So client can see, client can get, you can get approvals. You can troubleshoot like, I don't like this here. I don't like that there. Let's move that, whatever. So there's, there's definitely a time and a place for it. Um, but usually like on smaller stuff, if I'm shooting, if the budget doesn't like allocate for Digitech or whatever, mm. and like I have my camera, you know, I just tell client like, just have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show yeah. you when they're, I'll show you when they're done. But it, to go back to your question about like, you know, how do you keep from like showing a raw to a client? Usually when you have a Digitech, you can like edit your photo right then and there and then apply okay. it to like all the incoming photos. Usually your Digitech will be able to like edit and then like add a curve or something and then client can see that and prove it. Okay. That makes way more yeah. sense. See, I've never yeah. been, the little bit of work that I've done like that was always, you know, for friends. I mean, I've done some paid for hire work and stuff like that. It's just yeah. not my, it's not my cup of tea. I like to... I like to just kind of free range <laughs> and do it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I don't know. Digital's whatever. It's cool. It gets the job done. Just to kind of follow back, it just all comes back to. Do you remember like they used to use Polaroids for these things? Yeah. Like that was your testing, and then you, yeah. you know, you did the shots. I was watching a Annie Leibovitz video the Ooh. other day, and just being so pumped on her stuff, being yeah. like damn her team was just like a well-oiled machine they went in she boom boom boomed and then got you know yeah that stuff's so exciting like yeah i could totally be into something like that but that takes years decades of work right. and dedication and to get to a point like that to where you're yeah crazy. it does and i think like back to the team thing too it's like when you keep working with the same people and you mm, kind of build like yeah. camaraderie and trust like that's where that's where a lot of the magic happens like i definitely see photographers you know working on their own and stuff you know it's it sometimes it can be really good but i think mm -hmm. like you, you're you're much stronger as a as a group of individuals you know trying to to get to this one goal. And I think like that's another reason why I stayed in for why I wanted to pursue photography is because like I kind of said earlier, it's really like white male dominated. And so being on the commercial side of photography, it gives me the opportunity to bring in like people of color and make yeah. make mm. my team at least more diverse. And, you know, a couple of weeks earlier in January I had a job and I was a Digitech on it, but my good friend Carlos had a meal. He was the photographer on it. And he has an incredible book, by the way, called uh, Tierra del Sol, Pomegranate Studios. You guys should check it out. But anyways. Yeah, we'll have to link that. We'll link it in the notes. Yeah. And, but that was the first time I worked with a photo team that was just all people of color. Wow. And it was great. You know, it's it's like sad that I only experienced that once in like mm -hmm. seven months of doing this. But um, it was also like a beautiful like thing. It was like, cool, like this is happening, you know? And I think that's like one of my goals too, is I want to keep diversifying the field of photography yeah. and um, trying to mix it up a little bit more. What was the energy like on the set? I bet everybody was just like stoked to be there, huh? It was great. I mean, it was yeah. like... The, the first assist, um, his name's Saul Barrera. I talked about him earlier. He was the lighting tech for the whole job. Carlos was a photographer. We had a good friend. Uh, uh, her name's Kayla, and she was a stylist. She now works at the LA Times. 
And then uh, we had the second assist. Her name was Nori. And all of us, we just were having a good time. Like that was the first time I met Saul and Nori. And on set, we just like clicked really well. We were just like insulting each other back and forth and just like yeah, having yeah, a good yeah, time yeah. and like talking <laughs> trash. And then, uh, it. yeah, but it was, it was a really good vibe. It was, uh, it was a really good experience and hopefully, hopefully more, more experiences like that. Mm. But yeah, it was cool. So touching back on like your, your work, what, yeah. what goes into say it's you, this is your shot. They're coming to you. They want the vision. They want all that stuff. Is it you that do that? Or do you kind of allocate it out to people or what, you know, what's like an average Darren, you know, shoot going to be? Um, I think for the most part, I try to provide as much as the creative as possible. Mm. Mm. But I think for the last, since I started freelance and since I started doing more photo stuff, probably the last six months, I was more focused on just trying to get my vision and what I wanted to do out there. Yeah. And what I'm learning now is it's always better to collaborate with other people. And so I had recently this month, I had two other shoots that were just personal shoots, like test shoots. And I had, um, again, Saul, my buddy, do all the lighting for it. And they were just, they just came out so much better than what I could have done on my own because of like my lack of knowledge or because like I I, I don't have time to do all of that on top of like doing the photography and as well as like styling for both of those shoots I had I had uh, two two stylists and uh again like their expertise and understanding of how clothing looks on a person and how you know what you should fit them in and what style and what like the goal is trying to be and what you're trying to get to is it's always better to work with other people so now to kind of answer your question yeah like i trying to bring on more people for shoots and people that have more experience than me people that have been doing it for longer and that's how i want to start working now because again like you work with people that are better than you or further ahead than you you only learn more from there mm. Experience. To me, that's far more important than just like, this is my photo shoot. This is a Darren photo shoot. You know, this is like, you're making me all tingly again, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Because, like, no, it's because, like, I'm, oh, I'm afraid sometimes to like put myself out there and be like, oh, I want to shoot this band or whatever, because I'm like, well, I'm like not the best at like lighting in the studio or I haven't done it in forever. Like, okay, so like put a team together. Like, that is like, oh my God. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, there's people who are lighting directors. There's people who are set designers, people who you can collaborate and come up with something incredible. And you're you're still the photographer. It's still your shoot, but you have so much more creative insight that you're just going to get a better all around photograph or or result. It's it's such like a self-esteem thing too for me that I've talked about this in the past. Like I used to reach out to bands back before I moved to LA and would like go do a shoot. And like for some reason I've been like frozen because I haven't done it forever. And it's like, you know, I've been focusing on other aspects of my photography. So I haven't been doing that. That I'm like, oh, I, could, I like the thought of reaching out to a band scares the crap out of me now. Yeah. And I talked to a friend back home recently. I, I think I mentioned this too. And she was like, but you're so good at it. What do you mean? And it's just like, Yeah. Like, I think I am. I think I can. And so I've reached out to people. I'm starting to like reach out to people. But like, you just put more like confidence in me that like, you can have a team of a team effort to create something awesome. Yeah. And I think like, for a long time, I was very like, reserved about like, well, I want I want people to know that I'm doing this. I want people to know that it's me doing it. Right. And that's like a very toxic, like not good trait. Right. Yeah. Like mm. when you start working with other people and if they like 
sense that or feel that they're like, I don't want to fucking work with this person. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think like people don't want to work with you if they feel that or sense that. And so you know, one of my best friends, his name is Ramon Munoz and he's a web developer at the Getty, but we worked together for a while. And he's like one of those friends that like, there's no like bullshit. He's just kind of like, he's very honest with me. Yeah. And he's like, you know, people don't like you at work. <laughs> I'm just like I was like why and he's like because you're like so like aggressive and territorial with like your projects and stuff wow. and then but it took me years to get to this point where I'm like comfortable saying like yeah I was like that I can't yeah. be like that because it's not right. healthy for me or like other people around me wow you know being a creator maybe like if you're an accountant you know it's it's okay yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah as a creative it's not it's not good and so as soon as I started to learn let that go and then also with like the self-esteem stuff and like finding confidence and like that and then working through those issues or not issues working through those obstacles um right you like your work becomes way better and people yeah. can see it people can feel it and then you start making those gradual steps and yeah so i'm um, i'm very like also like there's enough work for everyone yes so you know i also digitech because i i really enjoy it i think it's mm. great i love buying stuff i don't really need i like buying monitors so like yeah, buying yeah. Tech, yeah. that's right another with toxic you. trick <laughs> yeah that's another time <laughs> Being do, being able to do that and and be a photographer. If I was only a photographer, I'm only competing against photographers. Mm. You know what I mean. So being a digitech, it gives me the opportunity to work with photographers yeah. in a different capacity that I wouldn't have if I was only a photographer. Man, right. and you can probably learn so much just from Seriously. flipping through their work and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. And like seeing how other people work and, and mm -hmm. see how they they move on set and how how they converse with people and their communication, whatever, you know, like understanding that, okay, it's not just about you. And then being able to take on the role of like a team player and work with other people, you know, that's also like a huge benefit of like yeah. working through those things. And so, but the confidence thing, that's a good thing to bring up too. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's always hard to reach out to people. You know, it's, it's, it's never like, a good feeling to get a no or to like not even get a response. Yeah. Even to get so, a yes. I know. A yes is terrifying yeah, too. Because that means, that, oh shit, yeah, I got to do this. Now I have this. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So before yeah. We, we hopped on, I was telling Timothy a story. This goes back to like the confidence thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm assisting this weekend for for a photographer who, I, who it turned out to be my, he was my neighbor and our, our, our babies hang out. And when he first, <laughs> our babies first, hang out. Sorry. Did, that well, just cracked me okay. Up. <laughs> so we bring him to, we have, it's our music class. We bring him to, but they hang out, you know, they're, they're buds. But when we first met, we're like, Oh, you're a photographer. Oh, I'm a photographer. No way. What do you do? Blah, blah. And he was like, Oh, do you ever assist? And I, I thought like, I literally was like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Like did one of those. And I told my husband, he was like, why did you do that? And I was like, I don't. I was like, I shot myself. I ruined it. And I like was beating myself up because I was like, why did I do that? I could why say yes. Right. You're always supposed to just fake it do. till you make it right. Just say yes. So we've been like have become like more more friends and stuff. And he's like seen my work because we follow each other. So I think he's he's been like, yes, you can. 
He's like, yes, yeah. yes, you can. So he, he, I'm assisting him this weekend on a shoot. Yeah, that's and so cool. I'm excited, and I'm gonna yeah, fake it till I make be. it. No, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah, and like that's that's amazing that someone's giving you an opportunity. Yeah, to be a part of something or to like help them see, you know, see their vision mm-hmm. to you know to try to get to its goal. And I think that's another. That's one thing I, I really enjoy about this community. Um, and not just film photography, but the creative community in general is like everybody's willing to help each other as yes. long as you're willing to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that took me forever to figure out too, because it, it feels like from the surface, it's like, well, no, I'm only doing this by myself. Like no one's going to help me. Nobody has time or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or whatever the, you yeah. know, your mental blocks are. And that was kind of the same way too. And then, you know, you start reaching out to people and then you start talking, having conversations, you, you, you make the effort to go and have coffee or something like that. Yes. Or just hang out for an hour. And that makes a world of a difference. And that's like the foundation yep. of the building relationship. So I think um, any opportunity that someone can give you to, to help out or, or learn something new is always it's always a huge benefit to, to everybody. Yeah, plus, like, you know, I'm sure like you'll, you feel this way too, Darren, obviously, like, I'll pay that forward someday. I'll bring somebody on who's like, hundred percent. you know, absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's this, you know, you, you put in what you want to get and, you know, you give out what you want to get in return. And I'm definitely all for that. And, you know, I've had people hit me up and DM me and ask, you know, Hey, can I help you and stuff? Or can I assist you? And half the time I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. So, right. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's, uh, I always, yeah, always try to pay it forward. Don't ever be a dick because yeah. then people don't want to work with you. And um, I think that's why, like, the YouTube world for me is very, like, isolating and siphoned off. I feel like a lot of the times people kind of get together and it's just to get maybe shared audiences or something like that. Mm. Right. And so there's, like, no, like, at least on the surface level to me, I don't know that many people yeah. on the YouTube. It's just, maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but it feels like very surface level. There's like nothing like feels organic about it. It just feels like, ah, we're just collaborating to get like likes or views or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I kind of like stay away from that. And that's why like being on set is a little bit more comfortable, like feels yeah. like we're more real. Yeah. So. So, so new, no YouTube channel from you? Is that what you're telling us? Because, um, you know, it would be I cool. Think, I would subscribe. I'm just saying. <laughs> same, I think same that here. there are so, so many incredible, talented individuals on YouTube right now. I would like to yeah. see more, 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 more people of color making YouTube channels. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. But I think that there are plenty of people doing an incredible job and that are far more knowledgeable and aspects of this than i am but uh so no youtube channel for me but all right all right i appreciate the <laughs> saying that you guys would subscribe but yeah. no i think i think i think the space is doing great in terms of being able to share and like spreading the knowledge of like photography in general and yeah, i think totally. that space doesn't need me <laughs> i feel like that with my channel that i'm like i'm I'm not that. Like, I'm not going to be an educator. I'm not going to review this camera. But you can come along while I photograph this wedding this week. You know, like, more like that kind of stuff. Anyway, yeah, I don't really know what's going with that. But that's just (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) you want to share your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, too, is like my purpose in photography. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I trying to tell my it's so cringe to talk like like my, my audience or like my you know yeah. my, the people that care about my work and I think like trying to find purpose in your work is really important to stand out yeah amongst like 
a million fish in the sea. Oh, it's insane. And, yeah. 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 And YouTube, YouTube can be a great opportunity for you to find that, you know, maybe you just enjoy sharing your experience and that's your purpose in, in, in photography, not in life, but photography. <laughs> and so I think I'm, I'm in this position where I'm trying to figure out what story am I trying to tell? What, what are my images? What do they mean to people? How am I expressing myself in, in a way that isn't exhausting for people? Or isn't yeah. a regurgitation of what somebody else has already done. And so I think like it's really hard to find that. It's really hard to assess that because, you know, sometimes you're just like, I, sometimes I look at my past work and I'm like, wow, like I wasn't doing anything here. I was just taking pictures of cars. Mm-hmm. What am I, you know, what like educational thing or what like, what story am I trying to tell with that when there's not really a story? And that's okay too. Yeah. But I think in my old age now, I'm like, I got to mean something to someone. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think, I think I started realizing that when I read um, uh, one of my buddy's books, his, his name's Emmanuel Han and he has this book called Koreatown Dreaming. Ooh. And it is a book that he's a photographer yeah. and he started working on this book when he moved to LA in 2020 during the pandemic. Oh, wow. And he's Korean. So he was going to Koreatown and he was interviewing and talking to those, the local businesses there and the people that own these businesses and the transitions and the obstacles that they were facing. And he has like write-ups and everything. You guys should definitely check it out. Yeah. But that looks after, very interesting. After meeting him and like going through his book and talking to him and hanging out, it's like, you know, like that his purpose is like telling these stories of like people that he relates to and people that he's talking to and connecting with on an emotional level Mm. and it trying to experience what they've experienced and sharing their stories and like after seeing that i'm kind of like man like it's cool to take pictures i love taking photos Mm. but i think it's cooler to like have real emotion and real understanding of your own surroundings and taking those photos right and so and so yeah that's where I'm tapped into right now. Where, what do you, so is that going to like transpire into like a photo book or, or like a project or a show or something? Um, so I have a couple of, of ideas and I, that the photo, one of the photos I submitted of the, oh, of yeah. the twins hugging at the, mm-hmm. um, the Huntington beach art center thing. Uh, yeah. what, what was it? Emerge, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right now, I think like on a personal level, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. And mm-hmm. where where I where I come from and what my lineage means because I have very very like foggy understanding of you know everything before my mother and right. before my grandparents mm-hmm. and so I'm really like I'm I'm in this position where so can can we get into is it like is this too much yeah yeah no oh, sorry this is, oh, so good, no. No, is this too I, much I, should I not get into this no this <laughs> no. is this is we this love is, this stuff yeah yeah because yeah. I was just gonna ask like. This is obviously, I don't know what you're going to go, but like, could you do something with your mom's negatives and like, do like side by yeah, side? You like, know? I'm just like, I, yeah, I was thinking about, I was, I was going to come back around to visiting yeah, mom's work yeah, here. Yeah, your mom was yep. a photographer. Yep. Where's her work? Yeah. Okay. I'll get back into it. But okay. So, <laughs> so I'm in this position in my life right now where, you know, I have, I have my daughter and you know, she's two yeah. years old and, you know, I don't know what to tell her about her past. Because I don't know, right. I don't understand my past. So if I can't mm. understand mine, I, just, I can't pass anything on to her other than my own experience. And you know, when I was in middle school, my mom moved me and her. We moved out to a place called Visalia, and it was it's very like 
it's like central California, kind of isolated from like big cities. Closest mm-hmm. thing is Fresno. And so, you know, growing up, I wasn't raised with with traditional Mexican experiences. You know, I didn't know what a cantina was. I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I never, I, you know, we didn't go watch the boxing fights at my, my uncle's house or anything like that. I didn't have right. that. And, you know, my mother being an immigrant, she was very attuned with like, trying to assimilate with the people around sure. her because she wanted to be sure. accepted. Right. And so I grew up with more like, I guess, I'm American experience, right? Like 4th of July, hot dogs, whatever. Yeah. But moving to Visalia, it was basically, I was too white for the Mexican kids and I was too Mexican for the white kids. So wow. I didn't have a place to fit in. Wow. And so now being older and like reassessing my past experiences of that, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want my daughter to grow up feeling like displaced in the world. Right. So how do I, how do I figure this out? And luckily, like my partner, Myra, she has really strong roots and Mexican traditions and things like that. So she has her experiences that I can ask about. But yeah, I think so to kind of answer your question about like what I want to do with like these feelings and like these obstacles is I think one project I had in mind was um, going to Indio, which is uh, close to Coachella. And that's where my grandparents were born. Oh, cool. And my grandmother has a couple sisters that are still alive. And I think like probably before the summer, maybe a little bit towards the end of the spring, I want to take a trip out there and kind of track my grandparents' experiences. My grandparents passed away in 2020 and 2021. So I can't really ask them, but, you know, documenting at least the places that are still there that they went to or had been to. And, you know, I guess when you kind of think of India or Coachella, you just, you think of, you know, the, the festival, the, the music yeah. festival that they have there. Yeah. You don't think of like the people that have lived there and like the people that were raised there. And so I think that's like one project that I have in mind of like trying to reconnect with my roots, like figure out, I guess, who I am in that respect. And I guess uh, another project I was thinking of was also going back to where my mom was from in Nayarit, Mexico, mm. and connecting with her family. Mm. But to go back to to what you guys kind of mentioned about like my mom's negatives and stuff, mm-hmm. I unfortunately don't have any of those. We had mm. moved so many times. Uh, we just like, you know, she was a single mom. So trying to manage like right. all these things happening and and you know, moving so much is they just kind of got lost or dumped or thrown out. So yeah, my mom didn't save any of our negatives. She would like yeah. put the photos in a photo book and then toss the negatives. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. And there's like none. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like I guess they kind of thought like yeah, she didn't. Yeah, I guess she the would, picture mattered more. Yeah. yeah, the picture mattered more <laughs> than the negatives. So, but but yeah. So I think that's that's kind of where I'm at, and it, it goes back to like creating meaningful work. And like even even my my Instagram and my my website, I'm trying to curate it so I'm not just putting you know random photos in there. I, I need there to be some sort of story being told and purpose behind that. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, you know, narrative building, and I think like being a first gen Mexican American here, it's it's important to tell my story and then to be able to put that out there, whether it's in a book or however that ends up manifesting itself is important for my daughter to see as well. I'm like, okay, totally. like anything is possible. No. So, so does that mean you're, are you documenting like a lot of home life, you know, like a lot of your daughter's growth and, you know, things that you guys do, or are you kind of more like a camera up when, you know, work's kind of involved? Um, yeah. Like there's, there's always, there's always moments where um, I have the camera out and I'm photographing her and 
and my partner and, and daily life. And, but you know, all of that, that's more of like the private stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't share too much of that. Um, there's some stuff I share, like we do, we do an annual photo shoot mm. with, with Myra and, and our daughter make like a backdrop something i'll do something together throw something together and then we'll kind of do like a during her birthday in november the, the baby's birthday we'll, we'll do like a little photo shoot and stuff so yeah it's yeah. like Cute. documenting that so i don't know maybe in 20 years that'll be something that could yeah. be really um, cool yeah but yeah most most of the stuff is just like you know candid stuff and mm-hmm. trying to keep it on film because i like that physicality of like having a record yeah We'll be right back with listener question for Darren right after this message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just want to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We develop some film. We talk shop. We laugh. We also try to get a former guest for these. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from photographic.mania. And they wanted to know, did you ever feel as if your work wasn't good enough? And if so, how did you push past that? It's deep. Very deep. Um, that's a really good question. And I think that every creative kind of holds doubt you know, in their mind and heart about their work. So I 100% always carry doubt about my work and you know i i have a close group of friends that i reach out to asking you know for their opinion on on a project or what i'm doing and and all i ever i i even tweeted this out and i said anybody that is just like gassing you up about your work and just telling you how it's always good they're 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 good they're a good friend i'm sure their intentions are good yeah Mm -hmm. but that's not what you need for your work yeah you need critiques you need you need to know where you need to improve and so I 100% always have doubt about everything I do. And so whatever I learned from that experience of what I felt like I fell short in or, or what, what, my, what my peers think like I should improve on, that's what I take into the next shoot. Wow. And I think whenever, if you ever get to, hopefully you never get to a point, but if you ever get to the point where you're like, aha, this shit's fire. Like this is the best thing I've ever done. That's like, dangerous. That's, that's an L move, you know, that's a huge L. Yeah. Like don't ever fall into that trap because A, there's always going to be someone out there trying to do more and right. better than you or and you know anyone else that they're competing with. And B, it's a trap, you know, like yeah. you're never, we work's never going to be good. And there's no such thing as perfection. There's only continued growth. And so, yeah, hold it close, reevaluate it and then just, figure out what you can do better the next time. Mm-hmm. I I love that. And I, I also, you always have to like let your guard down when you ask for critique because I'm somebody who's like, I'm going to get my feelings hurt. That hurts my feelings. Or like, <laughs> or like that's mansplainy. Like, don't tell me like yeah. I should have done this, this X, Y, and Z because now you're just trying to wave your whatever around. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> for, but but, but to, my... to, to be like genuine, you have to yeah. like 
yourself like be like, all right, I'm going to accept this critique and learn from it versus being like, well, I meant to light it that way, even though it's totally underexposed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I had a, for this last LA Times thing I did, I shot a lot of it in the sunset and then some of it like midday and some like right when it was like dark. Mm. And I had a friend tell me like, yo, some of the pictures look like really orange. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like orange. <laughs> and I looked at him again. I'm like, kind of orange. And I was like, fuck, dude. And those got printed and everything. So I was like, oh, geez. Like, dang. Yeah. But you know, you, again, like you need that, right? You need people. To, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, can't, you, can't be, you can't be surrounded yeah. by yes people all the time. You know? yeah. 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 It's true. It's, it's like an ego thing. You have to like accept it's it. An ego be thing. like, yeah. totally like you look back and you're like, oh, shoot, they are too orange. Like. Should have color yep. corrected a little bit more. Whatever, whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. But then now you're like, next time you'll be like, next time you'll see it, you know? Yeah, and next time I'm like, make sure it doesn't look orange. Please. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, always go with an open mind, figure out what you can improve on. And if you can do it without somebody telling you what to do, that's better, right? Or that's not right. better, but that's also, that's a step ahead, right? Because then you're looking yeah. for like, okay, this doesn't look right. I, I miss that. I used to get photo dumps from friends and stuff. It's been a while. I mean, Chris, you still send me photos and stuff. And But I, I used to get, when I was more active on Instagram, that's one thing I do miss about uh, when I kind yeah. of put my took my crown off from being on Instagram <laughs> and yeah. went back to being a normal human being. I miss that because I would get photo dumps or I would photo dump in somebody's messages yeah. and just kind of sit there and wait to hear like yeah. what... You know, oh, I'm working on yeah. this project. And they're like, well, that picture doesn't fit with the rest of them. You know, you need to pull that one. And and that is good to hear. And just like you guys were saying, it does kind of hurt when you get those, yeah. those critiques. But, you know, you, you do need to, you know, be sat down every once in a while yeah. and be, be told that that ain't it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, funny because yeah, yeah. like when you when you like, like, hey, what do you think? And, you know, they're like, they ain't. All yeah. that, and you're yeah. like, what am I gonna say? Like, <laughs> and you know, and somebody comes back with like, these are great, fire, or like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or they're like, you know, those, you know, it's hard because people will be like, do you want the truth or do you want me to tell you it's great? Yeah. It's like you have to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, tell, yeah. I need you to tell me it's great, or I need you to tell me the truth, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's so funny the whole like. This this whole conversation is funny because it's like just what I said. Like, uh -huh. yeah, I wanted you to critique it, but also now I'm going to go cry. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. I'm a shit photographer. Goddamn it, I knew it. Give me it. a minute. Give yeah, me a minute. Yeah. yeah. Well, good answer. Yes, good answer. Great question too. Can I ask who asked that? Yeah, it was uh, photographic mania. Was their Instagram oh, handle? All right, so we will go to the camera question. This is like one of the craziest episodes where I don't think we've talked about a camera once this I entire know. episode. We're just talking about like photography as like I know, I love it. I love, I love it. it. So let's let's bring it around. Let's bring it around. Okay. All right, part one of the two part question is the desert island camera. You can only choose one for the rest of your life. What's it going to be and why? Uh, brownie four by five, probably. Ooh. Oh. Interesting. Um, I what the hell else am I gonna do? I got all that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. I asked no, you, I yeah. Think, <laughs> I think like uh I don't know, it takes it back to like really understanding what photography is, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yep. You gotta time it right. You gotta make sure there's no flares and lens. You gotta, yeah. you know, be attentive to it, right? Like I think going back to that is like really important. I think understanding that's really important. I love that about you know, large format where you just have the ground glass in the back, it's upside down and yeah, flipped yeah. around and you got to still figure it yeah. out. You got to go to corner yeah. to corner to make sure everything looks good. Yeah. 
Good answer. Yeah. Which which one did you say? Which like which no one like the like a brownie like one of those. Oh whoa! With just like the pinhole. Damn. Oh a brownie. Four by yeah, five. The yeah. Box? yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, those are legit. Uh, with the four by five, I think they have the ones with the four by five holder. You guys mm-hmm. Do you have Do you have one? Do you shoot with one a lot? Um, I have one. I've only shot with it a couple times because it's really difficult. Yeah, but, <laughs> they are. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I left it in storage because I was like, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> right now, but I guess if I ever get stuck on a desert island, I'll take it with me. I like that but, approach. That's yeah. a good approach. Yeah. yeah, the the brownie with the pinhole, and that's it. Yeah, no focusing. I think it's wow. like I don't know what they do. The pinhole. It's like F eight or F eleven or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's something like that. It's like a standard aperture. Wow, that's it. That's a first. That in there. Yeah. That's a first. That's a yeah. first. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> the camera. The camera doesn't matter. Making a good photograph it could mm. be any camera. So true. Man. But yeah. All right. Part two. Part two is the white whale. Is there a camera out there that you've, you know, you've always wanted to own, or you owned and got rid of it? It's just something that you're lusting after right now. You got to have it. Um, I think the Fuji. I think it's a six seventeen. Like the panoramic medium format. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Six seventeen. I think that's what it is, right? Something yeah, like it's that. a six by seventeen. And it's like, yeah. It's like a rectangle mm-hmm. cone camera. Yeah, I saw I saw someone a, a couple years back. I watched a video of someone using that in um, Alaska. They were like on a boat or something like that, photographing Alaska wow. on that. And you yeah. don't have. Uh, I think the one that he was using. There's no focusing or anything like that. It's just apertures. Okay. Like. You're just kind of like guessing distance or something like that. And um, I don't know. The experience just looks crazy. I don't know if I care too much about like the huge wide format, but yeah. the, the difficulty of being able to shoot on mm-hmm. that and then get it right is what interests me. But the, the frame size is like pretty crazy too. You just can't really use it for anything other than like printing it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've always wanted like a like a massive pano camera as well. I love panoramic yeah. stuff. I think yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. I've, I had the um, – I was using a – Hasselblad um, X Pan for a while, mm-hmm. and it's cool. I mean, I don't know. I was like, not really. I don't know. It was, it was cool. Yeah. See, I'm like not a fan of the panoramic. So five K cool? I don't think so. I man. know. <laughs> like, if I, if I find one for like seven hundred nah. bucks, I'll buy it. But <laughs> yeah, it was just <laughs> such too. a. I don't know. It, it it just feels like it's like they're trying to sell it so hard. You know, when they came out with that camera, yeah. You can do 35 and pano. Yeah. But it's definitely more for like cinematographers, I think. Agreed. Yeah. Man, well, solid, solid answer. Yeah. Good answers. Well, I'll say it again. Thank you for joining us a second time, Darren, for for chatting with us. I'm glad we got to, we had some scheduling challenges in the beginning and then power outage in the Power outage the first time. So Mm. this is definitely worth it. Thank you. Where can everybody check out you and your work? Um, you can check out my work at darrenvargas.jpg on Instagram and darrenvargas.com. It's my portfolio site. Can I give a couple shout outs? Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, shout out to Bulk Project. My buddy, uh, Colin, he's like bulk loading his own cine film. He's got like oh, color, nice. black and white, super sick. He just gave me some black and white that he, he freshly spooled for me. It's 200 ISO and uh, I'm going to shoot test this. 
Shout out to uh, Ramon Munoz for doing my website. Love that guy. But um, yeah, I think that's fun. Awesome. Timothy, where are you? Guys, head over to Instagram, Twitter, at Timothy Makeups. There's also a plethora of YouTube stuff. If you just go to the search bar on YouTube, type in Timothy Makeups, you'll find a bunch of my stuff there. Also, TimothyMakeups.com. Going to be working on some updating that, getting some fresh stuff on there, and possibly writing and noveling on there and spewing all the stuff I want to talk about that I don't talk about much. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? <laughs> all right. We're going to hold you to that now because you told them everybody. No, so. I, I want to. I've been, I've been, I have a refresh in the works. I just have to finish right. it up and hit, you know, go or whatever it is. Amazing. I am Crispy Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and Granary. You still on there? Uh, and we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. Darren, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. First off, Kristen, I would like to thank Darren for coming on the show. It's great getting to meet you, hear your story, learn all about your photography. What a great story. Great episode. Thanks so much, Darren. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon-only developing hang nights. Chris and I are going to be doing a weekly wrap-up show that's coming up here in the next couple weeks. That's going to be exciting. We're super stoked about that. And we also have a bunch of stuff in the archives. Like we always say, Patreon is the best way to support the show. So again, if that's that sounds like something you're interested in head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for all the patrons that already help support the show guys we do not know what we would do without you we appreciate each and every single one of you thank you from the bottom of our hearts thanks guys all right that's gonna be it for this week's episode darren thanks again great getting to chat and stay tuned for next week with an all-new episode we'll see you soon take care keep shooting and yeah thanks guys When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.